0: Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest uh, who's, I think, been on the show. This is the third time, but the last time he was on, um, which was in June last year. So June 2022, um, episode 248. Uh, so we have Anthony Marwiski, who's the chairman of Nickel28, an innovative battery metals Focus investment vehicle with a focus on metal streaming and royalty agreements, offering um, investors exposure to uh, metal and key technologies of the electric vehicle and energy storage markets. Um, Anthony's an entrepreneur, investor and speculator, and he's going to give us an update on Nickel 28, talk about market conditions um, and much more. So that's welcome Anthony to the podcast. How are you doing, Anthony?
1: Great. Hey, thanks a lot for having me back. I really, really appreciate it, and always enjoy catching up. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's a new year, and um, it's feeling pretty bouncy for commodities. I would say. I don't know. I think a lot of your guests have echoed that. Um, you know, inflation, inflation is is always, uh, uh, historically, it's always been a great moment for commodities, and I think you're seeing that with investor interest and commodity prices alike. So, uh, it looks to be a pretty good year this year.
0: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. So, um, so for those that um, haven't listened to your previous episode, I just wanted you to give us a quick snapshot of uh, of yourself and your career.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, I spent my career, at least the first part of it, at a hedge fund and later a private equity firm focused on metals and mining and natural resources. And then ultimately uh, spun out to focus on really the green energy transition that's underway globally whether that's to electric vehicles or just the transition of our energy grids or thinking about things like nuclear energy and the company that, that my partner and I founded, is called Nickel 28. And, you know, that is one of the largest producers of MHP in the world. MHP mixed hydroxide is a type of nickel that that goes into a lot of batteries and a lot of, a lot of these electrification kind of um, technologies. And so, you know, what we do is really, um, act as a conduit for investors to get exposure to the adoption of not just electric vehicles but a bunch of these technologies that are hopefully changing the way that we consume power so that, that's the kind of the short the short long of of what we're up to
0: yeah um so just wanted to give us a um overview of nickel 28 and an update since we last spoke
1: yeah sure so Nickel twenty eight. Uh, just to kind of remind the audience: we uh, we own eight and a half percent, going to eleven and a half percent of the Ramu nickel mine in Papua New Guinea. I've been producing now for over seven years, and when we built that mine, uh, we took construction debt and from our partner, and we've been paying it down from the proceeds of the sale of the nickel and the cobalt. And now we're kind of in the home stretch here. Uh, you know, another year. Depending on the price of nickel and production rates, and that debt is paid down, and then we'll be, you know, a massively cash-generative vehicle, and uh, you know, we're going to return that capital. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have a big dividend, hopefully, and and really uh, be unique in that way, as opposed to growing through acquisitions and doing this type of stuff. Um, I think at this time, the most interesting thing is just going to be return that capital to shareholders. So, uh, you know, I think what's different from the last time we were on here is, there's more interest in commodities, and we're just that much closer to having repaid the debt. And I think we're often asked, you know, how long is that going to take? And, and it's really a product of, of the nickel price. So, um, you know, the, the higher the nickel price, the higher the payabilities, the faster that debt is repaid.
0: Um, obviously, you're in the, the battery metal space. Um, how are you seeing the sector develop? Um, if you were looking at last year going into this year?
1: Well, clearly lithium has been a huge winner, right? I mean, this the whole space has just continued to go harder and longer than I anticipated. I mean, I didn't foresee that it would it would do what it did. Um, I think, you know, the other one is is probably copper. You know, people have been talking about copper now for years, but it feels like we're really at this inflection moment where copper is going to become more interesting. And, and people, you know, I would categorize uranium as a battery metal uh, simply because how do you charge these cars? Right now, a lot of the base load is coal globally. You know, look at China, US. There's a lot of coal that gets burned globally, and you know, it's one thing to talk about your electric vehicle, but then you got to move down the value chain and be realistic about where that power comes from. And so, I think, I think that as part of this um, next century power grid and and thinking about emissions, uh, uranium ends up also being really interesting.
0: Um, what's happening in the carbon market since we last spoke? Um and yeah, I suppose so, how how is the carbon that the carbon market developing itself? Because obviously it seems to be still relatively new to, to the industry.
1: Yeah, so the carbon market overall, it's an interesting one. So the actual demand from corporates is continues to grow and more and more companies have kind of piled in and bought those credits. I think the public narrative, the narrative, you know, whether it's a Guardian Negative Guardian article or the Wall Street Journal who both seem to be pretty negative on these credits, um, I think that's impacted investor sentiment and so the performance of I think nearly every publicly traded carbon company that I'm aware of is down and um, I don't think that reflects the reality of the demand and so you know at some point whether it's sometime this year or next year I think the investor market kind of comes around to see that it's real you know if you look at carbon streaming a big moment for them is going to be when they sell their credits you know they've got all these credits from Rimba so I think when you have someone like a carbon streaming sell those credits this year, then, then it kind of shows the market. It's real. Uh, It is real. And, and we know that from who's buying the credits, but um, I think you get that investor buy-in when they feel that it's real. And I think probably people selling those credits is that going to be that moment. And a base carbon is another one. Uh, There's a handful of these out there. And I think that when they start to, reduce free cash flow and show that not only can they create the credits, but sell them. Then the investor side of it kind of will, you know, in my opinion will become more interested. And then you'll see the, the price of these stocks and there's, you know, four or five of them will, will pretty significantly rebound.
0: And when do you think you'll see that explosion or not necessarily an explosion, but when do you, when would you see that momentum really? Kicking well, the, demand, I
1: the, the actual demand on the corporate side is there, like they're just factually, big companies in the world are buying these credits and retiring. So that, that's actually happening. I think um the market is so narrative driven, it's 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 uh, thematically driven. And so I can't quite call when it when it happens, but I, I think that the catalyst for it happening will be press releases from the various publicly traded uh carbon companies saying, Hey, we're selling these credits now. We achieved this price. And I think that that will really help uh turn the momentum in the market a little bit towards what they're doing. So I think it is happening on the, on the one side, the market is happening, but it's the the equity market that, that hasn't really um, said that they believe yet.
0: Um, you're obviously an investor and a speculator. Um, what have you been sort of focusing on the turn of this year um, and where, where is your focus or where are you focusing your attention for the rest of this year, whether that's commodities or particular jurisdictions?
1: yeah so i i mean I, like uh at heart i'm a sucker right so i sometimes i like these really small cap um yeah you, you know you can never put your whole net worth into these things this is just for fun but like you know there was one that i've been buying it's called u.s copper um uh, u.s yet, i think is ticker, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the ticker um and they've got this huge historically operating copper mine in northern california and um you know, it's got a $5 million market cap or something like that. And and to me, a story like that with the copper narrative coming our way, uh, deglobalization, the need for copper to be mined in North America, it's like that stock you could wake up with a multi-hundred million dollar market cap. And so, you know, there's another one I bought, um, uh, what, an LI3 lithium. So it's a lithium name, once again, like a 5 or $7 million market cap. And um, they have all these hard rock deposits in Zimbabwe well, the Chinese have been putting billions of dollars into Zimbabwe in in mining, but in particular in lithium. And so, um, you know, I like these stocks where you have a tiny market cap, you have this huge tailwind of copper or lithium, and um, you have the ability to go from 5 million to 200 million, you know, in in a matter of months. So those ones are really fun. Um, But then you have others, like I, I can tell you, you know, if the Fed doesn't change course here, gold seems like it's going to be interesting. But you know, for me, I just like to buy GDXJ. You know, the, the ETF. Um, uh, and maybe that's because I don't know the gold names as well. But um, you know, so for gold, for instance, I bought the GDXJ. But in these other spaces, like like copper, uh, you know, bought these kind of micro cappy stocks where a couple things bounce your way, and, and the market cap can go from nothing to huge number, right?
0: yeah um obviously you're you're in nickel how how do you how are you going to see the price of nickel over the course of this year and what what makes it what kind of things in, uh, influence the price um, in terms of it rising and obviously um, coming off because obviously all the battery metals are needed and it's obviously common knowledge out there that all these battery metals are needed. What what's what makes some of these battery metals um, price fluctuate?
1: Well, remember, almost all battery metals are really not battery metals in the first instance. <laughs> like copper is a proxy for GDP growth, and nickel, you know, is steel industry, and you know, so um, maybe with the exception of lithium, actually, the majority of these are really driven by some other industrial consumption, uh, right? So, um, and that's not that's true of nickel as well. Uh, I would say, though, setting aside that point, um, the big wild card for nickel, of course, is Indonesia and production in Indonesia and export bans. So I think that that's going to be really a driver of kind of the next 12 months for nickel pricing. Uh, over the course of multiple years, you know, you're going to have just uh, a general environment where it's billions of dollars to make new nickel mines, and we haven't done it here for a couple of decades. But between now and then, you know, the tape on China and and China GDP growth and if that's going to, that's going to impact copper and nickel both and then just what happens in Indonesia with new production.
0: And how do you see the economy developing as the year progresses? Um, Obviously you mentioned the fed and all the things that they're up to. How do you see it playing out?
1: Yeah, I, I think the US is probably technically in a recession right now, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a big China reopening trade, um, just like we saw in the US. And that could be really complicated because it could accelerate inflation in the US. So um I, I don't know for sure, but it, it feels like I think it's gonna be a pretty good year, actually. I mean, I think um, you know, the Fed the Fed is in a really tricky position around rate hikes. Um it's hard to predict what they're gonna do, but I think Um, It might not be driven by the Fed this year. It might be more driven by China and just reopening their economy and needing to stimulate there to kind of get everything restarted.
0: How are you finding, and I know you're not necessarily looking at finance, but how, from your perspective, how do you think the financing is of um, operations and projects and startups? Uh, Because it seemed to me towards the end of last year, Things seem to be a little bit down, a little bit negative. But speaking to people this year, there seems to be a um, a very positive attitude um within the industry and in terms of obviously raising money for for projects and operations. How 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 have you seen the market?
1: You know, I think it's completely linked to the tape. So uh, you know, if if you have a gold tape here, the gold miners are all gonna raise money and and I think um it feels that generally speaking because commodities do well in an inflationary environment uh that that a lot of these metals are going to have a tape to raise money this year if they want to so um it's very just my observation is always that um, it's very fickle and it'll open and close and it's really going to be about uh the market's perception of those metals so you know like you said I we're not really in the market it's not something we're interested in but um i just think that the market is generally more positive on commodity names based on where we're at with, with inflation
0: yeah and if you were to pick a commodity for for 2023 um what commodity would you would you choose that you would see um i suppose a great um a great price
1: hike in a
0: in the price, share price uh, of that, a, of the commodity you know,
1: it's, a, it's a tough one but because of the cost of production of all of these base metals, right? Like it just acid costs more labor costs more and everything else. Your bread is costing more. I kind of feel that, um, all of these commodities should really be up 10 or 20% to reflect inflation, just, just to kind of break even. I think they should all be up. Um, including gold like just you know what does it cost to produce an ounce of gold now you know like i remember when there were like 400 hundred dollar an ounce gold mines and now like they probably can't break even under 1400 or something so yeah uh, I, I just think that the price appreciation may be simply to like catching up to inflation so that's that's where i see the kind of the year going
0: yeah um and sort of concluding uh what's the outlook for for nickel 28 uh this year um and is there anything else you would like to add
1: yeah. So, the, I mean, look, this year for us is all about um, getting through that final home tranche of the debt and then preparing to pay dividend. Actually, just this morning we, had a pre- we put out a press release, um, kind of instructing shareholders to the intention to return the capital. And I mean, that would be a material, material amount of capital if, if nickel price holds up. So, you know, we're excited about it. I think the other thing that we're excited about is, you know, Justin and I created a website called the Oregon Group, where you know once every week or two we kind of share our macro views and and um thoughts just with with our investors and so that's kind of a new um anything we're doing it's not it's not so regular but it's just you know just kind of share people about how we're thinking about it and that's the com so uh, yeah well thanks again for having me Rob I really appreciate it
0: yeah and I appreciate your time and obviously we can include those um details in the uh, show notes as well and if people want to reach out to you how can they go about doing that?
1: I think Twitter is probably the easiest. You can just uh, send me a message on Twitter. Yeah, no worries.
0: We well, appreciate your time, Anthony. Thank you again. Thank you. No doubt we speak speak later this year or um or later this year if anything's happening obviously with Nickel Twenty Eight and if you uh if you uh get that payback early then perhaps you want to come on and uh share your news. Thank you. No worries, Th- guys. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please share this. Uh, amongst the, the mining community um, and even people outside the mining community, especially if they're looking to looking to invest in, in commodities and, and maybe uh, battery metals so um, they can obviously understand what Anthony does and like he said, he's got a, a separate um, show where he's obviously commentating on what his thoughts are in the industry. So um, appreciate your time and until next time, happy mining.